It's Tuesday, May the 26th, and this is your morning briefing from The Economist. Coming up, Abe ends Japan's emergency and Lufthansa needs a lift. First, the world in brief. Japan's state of emergency is at an end. The Prime Minister, Abe Shinzo, announced that restrictions would be lifted in Tokyo and the four other prefectures where they were still in place. The emergency was imposed seven weeks ago in response to the coronavirus. Japan has come through it in good shape, but Mr Abe's approval ratings have dropped. Boris Johnson, Britain's Prime Minister, announced a further easing of the country's lockdown restrictions. Open-air markets will resume business from June 1st and non-essential shops two weeks later. The announcement was all but drowned out by a furor over whether Dominic Cummings, Mr Johnson's chief adviser, broke lockdown rules by driving cross-country with his ill wife to his parents' farm. In an extraordinary press conference, Mr Cummings refused to resign or apologise. The World Health Organization said it would temporarily halt trials to determine whether hydroxychloroquine is useful in treating COVID-19. The anti-malarial drug, which President Donald Trump claimed he was taking, has been touted as a possible cure for the disease. A recent study, however, suggested it killed more patients than it helped. German businesses are feeling more optimistic after a dreadful few months. The Business Climate Index, released each month by the IFO Institute in Munich, which surveys thousands of companies, reached 79.5 in May, up from a low of 74.2 in April. The improvement was linked to an easing in lockdown restrictions, though the Institute cautioned that many enterprises were still pessimistic. The German government is to take a 20% stake in Lufthansa, the country's stricken flag carrier, as part of a 9 billion euro, 9.8 billion dollar bailout package. Like many other airlines, Lufthansa has been walloped by the pandemic and is fast running out of cash. Germany's finance minister said he hoped the state's involvement in the carrier would be temporary. Everest and Daishimie of the ruling CNDD-FDD party is set to become the new president of Burundi, succeeding Pierre Nkurunziza. The election commission said Mr Ndayashimiye won 69% of votes in last week's election. Amid opposition accusations of vote-rigging, he takes over a poor, restive and isolated country that has been cut off by Western aid donors because of human rights abuses. And an Iranian oil tanker reportedly moored at a refinery in Venezuela, the first of five ships bringing fuel to the country. Despite its huge reserves, Venezuela's economic mismanagement has left oil in short supply. Both countries are under trade-prohibiting American sanctions. Nicolas Maduro, Venezuela's president, hailed two revolutionary peoples who will never kneel down before North American imperialism. And now, here's today's agenda. Comings and goings, Boris Johnson's other Covid crisis. Britain's government was already struggling to grapple with the coronavirus pandemic. Then came the revelation that Dominic Cummings, the Prime Minister's most trusted adviser, had travelled with his family more than 250 miles from London to his parents' farm during the lockdown while his wife was ill and he was suffering from Covid-19 symptoms. The revelations have angered Britons who strictly observed the government's instructions to stay home during the pandemic. Several Tory party politicians have called for Mr Cummings' resignation. 
In an extraordinary press conference, Mr Cummings conceded that he had also driven with his wife and four-year-old child to Barnard Castle, a popular tourist destination, claiming he wished to test his eyesight before the long journey home. Mr Cummings insisted his actions were reasonable and in keeping with government rules. He would not resign or apologise. Government scientists warned that the affair risked jeopardising public support for the lockdown. Please remain calm, the future of Air France KLM. The annual meeting today of Air France KLM's shareholders will highlight the problems COVID-19 has caused the airline industry. Like almost all corporate gatherings these days, it will take place online, although the bosses will be at Charles de Gaulle Airport. Along with every other European airline, AFKLM, the holding company for the French and Dutch flag carriers, has suffered as most planes have been grounded for weeks. But unlike the rest of the industry, it is starting to look up rather than down. Liquidity concerns have been allayed after promises of massive state aid from the French and Dutch governments. Flights are slowly restarting, and a restructuring of the company's fleet is proceeding. To cope with an expected fall in demand next year, it will cut capacity by 20% by retiring its A380 Super Jumbos and other older planes. In a world of social distancing and quarantines, the future of air travel is still up in the air. Economic Quicksand – Nigeria's Monetary Policy Nigeria seldom does anything by half measures, including economic crises. Oil exports, which produce about half of government revenues, are slumping. Lockdowns to battle COVID-19 mean the economy will shrink by 3.4% this year, reckons the International Monetary Fund. Given the capital markets and currency crises, the Naira has fallen sharply against the dollar and yields on dollar-denominated bonds recently spiked to a record 13%. The central bank's monetary policy committee has a real mess on its hands when deciding on interest rates. The shrinking economy ought to prompt it to cut rates aggressively, but worries about soaring inflation and a weak currency point in the opposite direction. One can forgive the bank for buying itself some breathing time by delaying its meeting of May 25th by three days because of the virus, it says. But the tough decision still awaits. Fixing up car parts and home improvement retailers. Recessions are bad for car makers. Not so for the retailers of parts, to whom motorists turn as they fix up their clunkers rather than splash out on a new vehicle. The share price of AutoZone, America's largest such retailer, rose by more than 20% during the bear market of 2007-09. Investors are confident the firm, which announces quarterly earnings today, can manage the trick again. Its shares have risen by 5% since the market began its February-to-March swoon. And it is not the only company that stands to benefit as more Americans undertake fixer-upper projects. Sales at Home Depot and Lowe's, the country's largest home improvement chains, got a boost during the first quarter as bored quarantiners took on wonky shelves and flaking paint. The industry is booming elsewhere too. After closing some shops during the first month of the pandemic, Kingfisher, a British home improvement retailer that owns several chains across Europe, enjoyed robust sales in May. Pit starts. NYSE goes back to the floor. 
The New York Stock Exchange reopens its trading floor today after a two-month shutdown. Nearly all of its significant peers around the world abandoned floor trading years ago. NYSE's own electronic systems, which already handled over 80% of its volume before the pandemic, have worked just fine since the floor closed on March 23rd. So why is the exchange eager to return to its famous pit? NYSE's management claims human traders dampen volatility and help to price stocks more efficiently. But recent research disputes this, finding that the end-of-day auctions that determine daily closing stock prices have improved since the exchange went all virtual. The floor is a clear branding winner, though. Business news networks like to broadcast against a backdrop of bustling traders and flashing screens. Opening bell ceremonies boost buzz for newly listed stocks. Floor traders themselves, who get preferential access to those closing auctions, are in no hurry for change either. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Edmond de Goncourt, who was born on this day in 1822. A painting in a museum hears more ridiculous opinions than anything else in the world. That's it from the Economist Morning Briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast. And as a subscriber, you have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app on your mobile device to start listening.